Hello and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm Giles Gale, Head of European Rate Strategy at NatWest Markets. This series helps you to cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. It's been a pretty dramatic week altogether. We've had a bit of risk off, mostly really um, just on Thursday as we record though, in truth. US stocks have surged to new highs and uh, global rates have been falling very quickly over the last few days. And for example, 10-year US government yields have now come back about two thirds of of what they had risen in the Q1 reflation rage or whichever moniker you wanted to give that sell off. Um, So clearly, The hopes and expectations for a quiet summer have not even lasted a week. Um, Now, what has driven all of this? Well, I suppose that there's been some return of concerns about COVID and some concern about signs of slowing growth in Asia. But I think those are really just background factors because the real driver is more likely um, just a traditional position squeeze. And again, in rates, this has come in waves, but the big one or the big ones were into the Fed last month and into the FOMC minutes this week. And I think this, this sort of pattern of risk reduction, particularly in carry trades into a risk event, you know, because risks are seen as light uh, beyond then, uh, which then sort of turns into a spiral. It's, you know, it's, it's a very familiar sort of su- summer phenomenon, you know, which isn't to say that we anticipated it for this week. We, we certainly didn't. And, um, you know, um, I should I should highlight that, but I should also make sure to give due recognition to our emerging markets currency strategists, um, who were in fact actually quite clear about their concerns going into the summer for emerging market currencies. And you know, I suppose with all of that, I, I'm very pleased that I have Ross Walker, who's our co-head of global economics here with me today, just to step back from you know, this turbulence and just you know, take a little bit of a, a stock, I, I take a bit of stock and you know, look at the big picture because they have just published their big Q3 forecast update. But before we get into that, I just want to say very quickly that it was a pretty big week for central banks, um, but also a little bit disappointing. We had thought that the FOMC might have a little bit more color on what talking about talking about tapering actually meant, but there wasn't actually a great deal on that. And then the ECB, meanwhile, they surprised everyone by announcing the result of its strategy review about 18 hours ago, so really not very much notice at all. And you know, overall on that, well, no, I suppose we'll have to come back on on this over the summer because I think that there will be more things to say about it. But from the headlines, you now we actually found it a little bit dull and high level, unfortunately. The main points pretty much meeting expectations. So, you know, we had confirmation that the inflation target has been raised to two percent and will be symmetrical around that. And we also had a long list of commitments to try to encourage green disclosures and, and, and so on. Anyway, now to Ross. So I guess the real feature of your forecast is that you're quite a lot more confident about solid economic growth continuing than consensus. And I think that you know, if the rest of the market has to catch up a little bit with you, then you know, there'll be some pretty important implications for markets uh, once some of this uh, summer turmoil is, um, is through. Maybe you could talk us a little bit through that. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, we, we've been more optimistic all year. Our, our previous 
forecast vintage, we were about a percentage point above the consensus. I think that optimism has been vindicated by the incoming data. And on the latest revisions, uh, we're again about a percentage point above IMF, OECD and the private sector consensus. And I, I think that reflects firstly the, the first quarter where there were lockdowns, so principally Europe, um, the, the impact on economic growth was not as severe, nothing like as severe as had been feared. So the evidence is that economies were becoming more adept at functioning under social distancing restrictions. And then secondly, on the rebound in Q2, uh, despite the, the firmer than expected first quarter, we still saw pretty buoyant rates of growth coming through. Uh, and even on the latest surveys, in general, they've been coming in a bit above expectations. There's some evidence, I think, in the most timely data that as we go through June and into July, some of the surveys are now leveling out, maybe just beginning to turn down, but they're doing that at very high levels. So implicitly, we still have above trend rates of growth on a month on month basis, uh, but maybe as we move into Q3, Q4, we'll begin to see that, that moderation, that normalization, but net net, um, certainly for 2021 calendar year, and indeed through 2022, we, we retain a, a slightly more optimistic look, uh, take on the, um, the growth numbers. And so does that all mean more inflation? Well, it, it, you might think that, but actually we, we continue to have a uh, probably a, a slightly more dovish than consensus view on inflation. We are we're generally sympathetic to the central bank narrative that the inflation uh, burst that we're going to see over the next nine to 12 months will be will be transitory. Um, the exception to this is, is the US. We think um, we will see a, a slightly larger overshoot in inflation than, than the Fed is, is forecasting. But for the ECB, for the, the Bank of England, um, you know, we have inflation peaking around the end of this year. Um, actually, in some cases, our, our forecast for this year, the near-term inflation numbers are a little bit higher than what official institutions are, are forecasting. But then much of that on base effects unwinding through 2022. So fundamentally, we, we don't see uh, an inflation problem forcing central banks into to earlier tightening. So for the Fed and, and the Bank of England, we think this is a, a 2023 story. Uh, for the ECB, probably the first rate hike, 2025, that sort of time frame. Okay, well, thanks very much, Ross. It sounds like um, the perfect combination for an extension of Goldilocks. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.